Hey, this is Ron Keel, the Metal Cowboy from the Ron Keel Band, Steeler and Keel. I like a little shot of whiskey and a lot of rock and roll with my coffee. You're listening to the Rock and Roll Coffee Show. The best part of waking up is rock and roll in your cup. up everyone i'm joe i'm your host and this is episode 36 of the rock and roll and coffee show tonight's guest is donnie v now you may know donnie from uh his days in the rock band enough's enough they've had a few singles fly high michelle new thing that charted on mtv charts and radio charts and he's been uh rocking and rolling for probably about 30 years now his latest release as a solo artist beautiful things is an awesome record. I definitely recommend you check it out. So I'm going to chat with Donnie tonight about his ups and downs and enough's enough, his life, and what he's currently up to, and what the future holds for him. Now listen, if you like the show, please head on over to Instagram and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at R&R Coffee Show. We even have a website. You can visit us at www.rnrcoffeeshow.com. Wait a minute. There's three W's there. www.rnrcoffeeshow.com. Now, if you're really liking the show, you can help us out by going to Apple Podcasts and rating the show. They have that little star rating. You can give us four stars, five stars, one star, whatever you want to give us. But uh, we prefer the five stars. And while you're there, why not just go ahead and leave a review? That would be fantastic. All right. So enough of my rambling. Let's give Donnie a call. Hello. What's up, Donnie? What's going on, my man? Are you good? Everything good? I'm fine, bro. You up in Chicago still? Chicago area, right by uh, just a little south, the south suburb. Okay, okay. You know, we ran into each other a long time ago, like really long time ago. Let me let me tell okay. you the story. So, a bunch of friends of mine and myself were, went up to see... You guys and Badlands. You guys toured with Badlands. Do you remember that? Okay. Yeah, I remember touring with them. Long time ago, right? Yeah, I get, that's a, a foggy, yeah. foggy time. <laughs> well, I know. Wait, do you hear the story? You might not want to hear the story, but... Uh, I love it. It's there. <laughs> so we went to the show, but on our way to the show, we passed the hotel, and we saw tour buses out there. So being young kids, we're like, fuck it, we're going to go back there after the show. So we went to the show, met you guys at the show... Then went back to the hotel, and it was your guys' tour bus. So we ended up, this was in St. Petersburg, Florida. So we ended up hanging out all night, a bunch of my friends and I, and you guys, and we ran all over that hotel. We were in and out of your bus. You guys really didn't give a shit what was going on, seemed like. <laughs> um, Vicky, 
Vicky Fox, your drummer, and yourself, we piled into our cars, and we, you guys said that you knew where a party was, so we were going to go to a party. And we didn't even make it out of the parking lot before, I think it might have been your road manager or somebody stopped us and got you guys out of the car. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, that that yeah, sounds like something that would have happened? That sounds like uh, that's one of those times that they actually actually succeeded. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Plenty of times they didn't? Oh, my goodness. It's, uh, you know, they dropped their, dropped their guard. It got to a point where they started taking uh, mine and Derek's clothes after shows so we couldn't go out anywhere. So they just we'd just be in boxers and towels and stuff. <laughs> That's funny you say that because I was in the hotel room and I heard this voice coming from the balcony downstairs. And I looked out there and it was Derek with two girls. And he's like, hey, man, have you seen my shoes? <laughs> I'm like, no, I haven't seen them. And he was like kind of pissed off. He didn't know where his shoes were. Yeah, they would take our take our fucking uh, threads and stuff, and then then the boxers didn't stop us. We'd go out in the boxers. Those are like sure. consider those swimming trunks, you know what I mean? And go out in the fucking boxers. But then they started taking the boxers too. So me and Frigo, oh, we'd be out. We'd be out in towels. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, but yeah, I always remember that. That was a good time actually that night. It was a pretty fun night. I'm sure it would have been a lot more interesting had they not stopped us. I know. Who knows yep. what would have yep. happened then? You probably would have got fired the next day. <laughs> I still got a, <laughs> I got a poster. You guys gave us a poster that night. You signed it. I still have it. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So, so we were hanging out. We had a good time, huh? Yeah, we did. We did. It was a good time. That that's was, cool. um, was that like one of your first tours with Badlands? It was, uh, I think that was like second or second or third tour. Um, was it just, was it the first record still or was strength out? No, it was the first record and it was just you, you guys and Badlands. That's it. Yeah. We, uh, we hit that one like right after Mr. Big and we went out with them. We were out for, I would say, uh, we didn't come home for like 11 months straight. The first, first run, we went right with that Mr. Big over to Badlands and then, then another caught another one and wow. missed Christmases and birthdays. A lot of them, you know, so we were busy for a while. Yeah, well, yeah, that was that was our second second national act tour, I think. All right, all right. Yeah. Well, what we like to do on this show too is, um, of course, it's about you, um, but we I like to get to the beginnings. You know, when you guys formed, and well, actually, when you started playing, when when did you start playing guitar and singing? Uh, those are two different things. I started singing probably as soon as I could talk, and. Uh, you know, I mean, I just, I liked singing for some reason. I didn't know anything, you know, people would make comments that he's always singing, you know, and uh, I think it was even before I could talk. And then, uh, then I heard my first Beatle record and it was all over, man. It's a, I was doing concerts and stuff, you know, four or five years old, putting on little concert stuff for my grandparents and shit. And uh, just really, when I started singing, I seriously started singing by like four or five i mean when really? i hit the ground running i seriously took that shit serious and and yeah my grandparents they saw me by the time i was like five or six said said i had like perfect pitch and you know it's it's if my voice wouldn't have been so high it sounded sounded just like those records <laughs> <laughs> and uh because i i mean i was conscious i'm fully aware of that too that you know i was really working hard at that at such a young age and uh and um 
you know, there was, it, it, the light bulb went on for me basically at that age that, that there was no doubt in my mind, this is what I'm going to do. It's just, uh, something, the bug bit me and I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And I never, uh, never took my eye off the prize, you know, up until, until I finally did it. Now with guitar, we had, uh, they had an electric guitar sitting around. I spent most of my time at my grandparents because at home it was it was a pretty painful mm-hmm. childhood, you know. So when I was with my grandparents, and my uncles uh, played. They played guitar, and uh, and so when they left, when they moved out of there, they left one of their old uh, their old uh, cheap, you know, guitars. It was it was actually a Tiesto Del Rey, and uh, and I grabbed that fucker, and that's you know I was that was my in the mirror guitar. You know what I mean? So I couldn't play, right? but I had that guitar on it. So I, you know, get my moves down and all that shit like that. And I didn't actually learn to play the thing till, uh, I think I was like 13 or 14. And these guys were needed a guitar player real in their band. And, uh, and, uh, I wanted to be in a band so bad, you know, I, I wouldn't tell anybody I sang. I was, I was too self-conscious and insecure. So, I never sang in front of anybody but my grandparents all the way up until about that age and started drinking. Then I started singing in front of my buddies and stuff. But, uh, but, um, yeah, I joined a band and I didn't know how to play yet. Oh, <laughs> so the rehearsal was the next day and I was like, Holy shit. I, I got some strings and, uh, this, this big note guitar book, um, Ernie ball, big note guitar book. And, uh, I learned uh, Twist and Shout and Rocky Raccoon by the next day. <laughs> yeah, two songs. And so I was, off. I mean, I played like shit, but I still play like shit, you know, at least I was, I was uh, off and running. But uh, let me tell you about that guitar. So that electric guitar, you know, I had it all through my little childhood and stuff. It was in my, in the mirror guitar. I never actually, by the time I'd learned to play the guitar, I, I had no idea where that, that one just sort of, uh, was in the, was in the wind. You know what I mean? Sure. I, I couldn't remember where it went or whatever the hell, but, but, uh, I wasn't around when I started learning how to play guitar. And, um, and so it, it was my uncle's. And so, uh, a year and a half ago, I was, uh, playing, uh, playing this club out in Arkansas, my buddy Kevin's club. And, uh, and, uh, we went all the way out there, played, played a show. And, um, he's got a bunch of stuff hanging on the walls. And I looked on the wall and I'll be damned if if there it was, it was hanging there on the wall. And I'm like, dude, can I see that? He pulled it down. I looked at it. It still had the little thing where my, my initial carved in and all that shit. It was, it was the guitar. No way. It was that, that fucking guitar made it to Arkansas and, and still in the same condition as when, uh, the last I had seen it and it was my uncle Ken's and a month and a half later, uh, he committed suicide. Ah, sorry to hear that. Yes. Is that, is that weird though? Yeah. How, how does it, you know, it's just, I, and I'd sent him a picture of it when, when I got home with the guitar and I sent him a picture. I said, I got your, uh, your first old guitar. And he's like, I don't remember that. And I sent him a picture of it. He goes, oh, I don't remember. And then my nephew, his son found a picture in his stuff of him playing it. He says, now do you remember it? Oh, and he's man. looking at it and, uh, I guess he's, he was pretty much lost his mind. He was, he just, uh, went crazy after a couple of his children died and yeah, stuff like that. He was just really sad and Bible belting and stuff like crazy. And, uh, then he just felt like there was no hope. 
Man. You know, but that's weird though. I get that fucking guitar back, right? And then that happens. You yeah, know? yeah. Man. I mean, both of the both of those things are the chances that I would find that guitar are slim to nothing. And then right then when that happens, so that's you know things all work in a weird way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's more than meets the eye. Sure. <laughs> so when you um, so you started singing, you it came to you pretty naturally then. Um, I don't think I ever remember not really being able to sing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all I fucking did. That's all I wanted to do. It's all I cared about. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, I didn't have a lot, I didn't have really any friends, you know, um, so, like I said, I was shy and stuff like that. Plus it was kind of an abusive household that I grew up in. And, and so that was my escape into that world where, where I'm this killer singer and everybody loves me. You know what I mean? And, uh, mm -hmm. and I, I was, kind of, I was fully aware of, like, I, I was aware of when I was singing that of the, you know, the things to do and the, and the, the, the inflections in my voice and stuff like that. And I could tell, you know, I wasn't singing like, uh, like some other little kid, you know, grew off the red nose reindeer. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah. I could tell that I was, I was singing this shit and, and, um, you know, just honing my chops at that age is basically, was born to sing and what so were your grandparents were they supportive of music and you know yeah, absolutely of... yeah everything that's good about me is, is due to them mm -hmm. they uh my grandfather was a was like he just kind of took me under his wing and uh and he taught me how you know i'd spent a lot of time working with him he taught me how to like do uh fix things and and build things and and stuff like that because I'm I'm pretty mechanically inclined as well. But mm -hmm. he taught me a few trades, but uh, he knew it too. From he he said there was no doubt in his mind that I was going to make succeed at this. He says there's just no way, way that I wouldn't. And so he was very supportive. He he would give me a like a job where I never where I half the time didn't show up and come in there rolling in around the crack of two. Yeah, I mean and uh and but he still. You know, he just, he always said, you know, that you're going to for sure. He goes, I don't know. He goes, that style of music you play goes, not my thing. He says, but I can tell that whatever you do, you do it really well. <laughs> Were you writing songs from the start or did that come later? No, that, uh, that didn't happen until my first girlfriend. That's where songs come from, you know, emotion and pain and, be, you know, getting fucked around and shit. And, yeah. uh, th I think I was about hmm, 15. I wrote my first song, and, and this song, I remember it. I'm going to retrack it, but this song was actually a, a really good song. I was going to ask if you remembered it. Yeah, I remember it uh, so so close and far away. But it was a really great song. I'm going to retrack it, you know, uh, just so people can hear that. Yeah. And my very first song, you know. That'll be awesome. Yeah. So when you tried out for guitar for that band, did you make the band? I did because they uh, <laughs> they sucked and they had nobody else. They couldn't get anybody else. Right. So that's how, that's how I got in the band. And and funny enough, it was a uh, it was kind of a Beatles cover band, uh -huh. you know. But everybody sucked that was in it. And and uh, the two lead singers, like they didn't know how to harmonize or anything. One of them thought he was John. One thought he was Paul. And the one singer, he's like, <laughs> you know, with his guitar, his uh, tennis racket guitar and shit, uh -huh. you know. And, um, so I got in there and I started playing, but I never, 
I, I knew that I kicked their asses singing. I knew that and it killed me to not be singing, but I was just still was too insecure and just uh, would never even open my mouth about the singing. When, when did that <laughs> finally go away? When I finally started singing, because uh, me and my buddy would started drinking like around 13 or 14, we started drinking uh, pretty hardcore. And then once, you know, alcohol loosens you up and then, then we start singing along to, uh, you know, rock and roll records and shit. And then he was like, he goes, dude, you can really sing. And I said, you know, and I, I knew that, but he's like, you should be singing in the band. I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I can't fucking, I'm too scared. I can't do it. You know, but finally, uh, finally, uh, just one day I just closed my eyes and did it. And, and then I've been the lead singer ever since. Man. So how, when did you, um, meet Chip? Uh, let's see. I think, um, I think I was about 18, 17 or 18. And, um, I used to go see his band play at like the VFW hall in the rec center and stuff. Cause he was in a pretty good band that was pretty well known at that time. Mm-hmm. And, um, they were, I mean, played a lot everywhere and stuff made, you know, they did a lot of recordings and they were a pretty well known band. And, and I know it that uh everybody liked them and i couldn't get into the bars or nothing but i'd go see him at, at these other couple places and i remember he was the one that stood out to me that he was so cool you know he was great on the bass he had the look of the world he had great moves and i thought their whole rest of the band sucked yeah did, did he always have that same look he uh looked a lot cooler i think <laughs> back then he kind of that's when he was like the he was like the new kid in town. He was like, you know, the had all got all the attention and stuff like that, you know, and uh-huh. and his band and kind of had a looked like Rod Stewart sort of uh-huh. with the the punk thing and stuff. But I, I mean, I was a, such a fan of his his bass playing and his just his look, his whole persona and stuff. And and he would sing some of the lead vocals for their band too. And those were the only songs I thought that were any good. The ones he, the was ones doing. he sang, yeah. yeah. But then later on down the road. I somehow ended up playing with uh, with his his old singer from that band. I ran into him and started started writing a couple songs with him and uh, and a couple of these other guys. And we didn't have any bass in it yet. And I was like, well, you know, I kept saying, hey man, can you get him? Can you get Chip to come down and play bass? And and he was like, no, dude. He goes, I've I've done that for too long. I've been that route. I'm not getting Chip. You know what I mean? So I didn't know what he meant then. Right. You know what I mean, but uh, but eventually uh, c- called him down, and uh, Chip came and played the bass on on a song one night, and heard the st- heard, heard my pipes, and uh, Chip was like, "Dude, he goes, you 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 got to play with me right now." And uh, so that was that band actually was the original Enough's Enough. They Chip and I didn't even come up with the name that they somebody came up with it mm-hmm. and that's what that project was being called and okay. um yeah you know, we just kind of took the name and everything and chip and i we we, we branched off and uh, found some other guys and just started hitting you know cracking it and re- writing and recording like so many and rehearsing every fucking day right, right. We, we really worked hard you know so i i read that alex kane was in your band at the beginning? Yeah, for for you know for a few minutes. Okay. <laughs> he uh, he was another guy that that 
because when we start, we, when uh, Chip and I start, got out and started playing, um, the the guitar player and the drummer for our band, the drummer was fat, and the guitar player looked like Simon Bar Sinister from Underdog. <laughs> he had like a giant nerf, excuse me, nerf ball nose, and yeah. and that's when the look was big then. And Chip and I were like, these guys do not have the look, you know, and. Like the drummer, we'd stop at the costume store on the way to gigs and stuff and rent like a Santa Claus costume or oh, a, a clown or something like one, one show. He was a lobster. He had to play. Lobster. He's like, we yeah, we'd show up to the gig and he's like, got his leather jacket on his hair is all spiked up. We're like, uh-uh. We'd <laughs> hand him this, whatever suit we got for that day. And <clears throat> so we had to make some kind of, you know, he had to have some kind of look, right? you know, and, um, but the Alex was, uh, he was in like a band that was sort of a, uh, you know, a, I don't know what to explain it. Like kind of a rival band. Uh-huh. They kind of did the same thing that we were doing, only not as good, but they were real popular. We uh-huh. hadn't really played any shows or anything yet. And Alex was in that band and he had the moves yeah. of the world. I mean, that guy had greatest moves and, uh, and I wanted him immediately and so we, you know, we asked him for a couple of months and he was back and forth saying, uh, he's, you know, checking all any other, uh, any other, uh, choices or chances he could get that right. he would take those, you know, but cause we didn't have any money, uh-huh. but, um, yeah, then we finally got him and, um, and that's when we got Vicky Fox at the same time. Uh-huh. I, he might've been the guy that brought Fox in or something. Okay. And, um, and so they were the band for. Very short amount of time, but uh, we played a few shows and stuff, and started shopping, uh, shopping the record and shit. And um, and our manager, uh, he he didn't he didn't like Alex. Mm-hmm. He didn't think he was he didn't think he was good enough. He didn't think uh, Alex didn't suck his ass and shit like that, you know, because that's what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And um, so when we went around shopping the the tapes and stuff, and basically we got a lot of interest, but nobody wanted to sign it until uh and then you know because he had derek too he was managing derek in some other project and and they always were saying we should put derek in your band you should get derek here. i'm like it's not he's totally not the right kind of guitar player for my band you know and i was convinced of that and plus the the amount of drugs he did you know with the amount of drugs i did i said that's that's we'll never survive right and i right. mean putting him with me and, and plus adding that uh you know, that cock Rocky guitar, Eddie Van Halen type thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, finally, so, so he came in and played, uh, cut some solos on a couple of the songs, you know, Ron asked him to do that for shopping. And then they went out and they got us a deal right away. Once he was, he was playing guitar on there. So how long did it take you guys to get your deal from, I guess, the beginning to the deal? Uh, what do you mean from Chip and I starting? Yeah, well, you know, I, I guess uh, I guess from the original guys in the band. Well, we uh, we they had a local radio thing that were they were very supportive of their local bands in Chicago, and they had to, this one station that every Thursday night they would just they would have a, a countdown and play like people would vote and for what, what band would be number one that week and stuff. And it was the local band. So that was something to, to strive for. You know what I mean? You wanted to be, you know, one of those top bands, you know, in that, in the countdown every week. And, 
And uh, when we finished up Catholic Girls and some other songs, we sent that in, and that went straight to number one, and it stayed there for I don't know how long. It probably mm-hmm. still is. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but um, so when we played our first couple of shows, they were jam packed, sold out. You know, for our very first shows, and those are like the first shows basically that I have ever really played. Mm-hmm. You know, because Enough's Enough was my, really my first real band. Yeah. You know, and um. So once we started playing shows and had, I would say, uh, probably within a year. Wow. You know, we, we had a record deal. That is fast. And now it, once you release that album, you guys took off pretty quick, didn't you? Yeah. Came out of the box running, you know, um, new thing, you know, this shot, shot the number one on MTV. And then, and, uh, it was just, it was great for that time for the image and all that stuff right at that, that particular time. But, you know, it ended up being the kiss of death for, uh, when all that style of music got shuffled out mm-hmm. and brought it, brought in the new thing. And, um, seeing the problem was that we kind of, we got lumped in with the look right. and stuff like that, even though we didn't sound anything like any of those bands, right. we were totally different. And, um, but we didn't know any better. And so when we got Derek and Vicky in the band, Chip and I started trying to, uh, to get the look, you know, like that, like the LA people were doing, we started just trying to keep up with the Joneses and, and we weren't really into that at all. So, uh, didn't follow any gut instincts, right? Uh, but it, it worked really well for had that, that whole era not ended immediately right then, you know, as, as soon as we got out, it would have done really well. Cause it, it, I mean, it was a good looking band and it was very colorful and plus we sounded different than all the other bands and, you know, it's, it came out strong. When was, this was what, 89? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That was kind of the end of approaching the end of everything in that genre. Yeah. They, we're, we're still referred to as an eighties band, but our first record came out in November of 89. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so you, one month. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of the, that kind of stuff that happened out there. You know, at that time, the, these bands came out in the early 90s, but they're considered an 80s band. But, yeah, well, Doug Morris over at, uh, over at Atlantic, it just got to the point where they, he was just signing anything that had a following, anything that had a draw yeah. in uh, California, you know, so all these shitty bands. There was a lot of oh, shitty hold, bands. Hold on one second. What's up? Okay. Oh, it's okay. I'm just, I got my earbuds in. That's cool. Yeah. But, um, so that was the, the issue. It was time to shuff to get rid of all that shit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There was just too many of those bands and, and, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of any of that kind of music to begin with, but there was a million of them and, and I didn't think most of them were any good, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so it was time to, they do this. The same thing happens in the music business nowadays too. It's, it's a machine when once the machine started taking over and it didn't have anything to do with with people that knew what they were doing or had any musical you know knowledge or integrity in the business and it's just let's churn out more of what's selling yeah you know make this product this product selling let's continue to make that same thing and sell it and sell it and sell it yeah and that's what they're still money. doing oh yeah you got to make that money right yeah well but i mean that's we stopped evolving right about after the 
that era with um, you know STP and Nirvana and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Music stopped evolving after that. All those bands came in like Tool and stuff like that that all sound pretty much kind of the same. I mean, and um, and then that was it. That never now uh, rock and hard rock has never changed since those days of you know like Tool and you know I don't know the names of those bands, but bands like that. Uh-huh. You know, they have all of that similar sound. That's still what hard rock music is these days. And then um, the pop music went from, I considered us pop. And and back then, but then pop went to uh, like this cross between country and whatever, you know, C- right. they used to call it, they used to call it CHR, con- contemporary uh-huh. um, hit, hit radio. And uh, that changed into something else. But now, that's you know that's what that's all you see out there or all you hear out there is these these new artists and kids that you know uh, they don't write their songs they don't uh, usually play any instruments is get the same guys that are writing everybody's songs and producing them all and mm-hmm. you know there's great there's great artists I'm not saying there's not but sure. there's just so many that you know that uh, I mean it's not like in the old days you know when you had a DJ. And, and record labels that you know that had A and R guys, you know, that went around scouring and hitting the clubs and everything to find find different and unique and cool stuff. And and then DJs would play; <clears throat> they get to play what they wanted then, and they they'd come across something that they thought was great, and they'd play it on the radio. And that that's how things would become bands would would be become big and stuff. And yeah, but then your next era, your next generation of musicians would be influenced by that by that stuff and take it to the next level with their you know as their generation they come into their own they start writing and, and evolve that that music you know what i mean and and it would keep evolving and evolving until it just hit a certain point where now there's there's nothing you know completely unique and original or anything anymore you know yeah. there's no there won't be any more Rolling Stones or Beatles or Led Zeppelins or anything like that. Cause, oh, no. Because it's impossible for, for that to happen. There won't be any more rock stars. No. No, I mean, Bruno Mars. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, th- I think that your last rock star is probably Dave Grohl. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a rock star. Yeah. He's a, you know, big rock star. But, um, but I mean, he, he even doesn't have the whole the flair and everything like tyler or right. jagger or plant that whole fucking thing yeah. he's just really great at what he does you know he's still he's still a grunger yeah you know i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> now through all that time like when everything in the genre that you guys were lumped into started to fade out you guys kept making albums correct yeah well what else are we going to do you know it's we we well, were really we wrote great songs and and um we never, we just couldn't, didn't believe that we were, that it was over for us. You know, we, mm-hmm. we didn't believe that we always believed that something's going to happen because we're too good to, for just, you know, nothing ever happened. So we kept making these records and on indie labels and stuff like that. We always could get some kind of deal, you know what I mean? Right. And to some capacity. So it was enough to you know make a record and get that out there somewhat and so we could get out and and support it live and so we'd be working like 
you know, one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest, <laughs> you know, working constantly out there in every little arm, you know, little fucking shithole in the world. And, um, and just, you know, continuing to believe we just had, you know, just like there's no way we're too good. Right. You know, like I felt that same way. So since I was a little kid, I've been kicking fucking ass. It's like I'm a great writer. I'm a great singer. I said, I can't give up, you know? Yeah. Something's down the line is going to happen and just keep believing and believing and just keep going and I'm still doing that today. Yeah. <laughs> did you, um, did you enjoy it the whole time? Well, my, uh, my passion has always been the art. You're creative about that. Being a rock star, never, uh, all right, see, buddy. Being a rock star, I have really bad. I suffer really bad anxiety mm-hmm. and um, and bipolar and all this shit. And I'm having really bad anxiety today. That's why I can't really think. And having mm-hmm. uh, my thoughts are all racing and all over the place. But but like being around people and things like that. Like I said, you know, I was a scared and shy kid, and anxiety is really really bad. And so, you know, I went from. Uh, total obscurity with basically no friends to center stage at the right. microphone. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, in front of everybody and, uh, and it, it just, you know, it was really hard for me to deal with that, you know, but, and still to the, to this day it is, you know, I'm playing out live is not, uh, is not my favorite thing to do, you know, and plus it's toxic because mm-hmm. I, I have the you know addictive nature and all that stuff and it and a lot of the medicating I did was just to be able to deal with that that lifestyle yeah I hear you that know? a lot I, you had to get fucked up to be able to deal with it you know so when you guys were on the road you and Derek or you were you were mentioning before that it was going to be a bad combination um did it end yeah. up being that way and it certainly was there was no doubt that that was that's what was going to happen. You know, it's it's bad enough if you get one guy like that in your band. Yeah. But to have two guys that are that are like, first of all, he's like a virtuoso. He's like a star on his own in his own right. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, even if he wouldn't have been enough enough, he'd have been a star of something else. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you got and and me as well. So you got two guys with that kind of uh, that kind of attitude, and then with the you know because we both had really troubled childhood. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's just what happens. You know, you're, you're, uh, filling some hole all the time and shit. And so we were very, both very excessive people as well, you yeah. know? So there was just no, there was no chance, no right. chance for us. You know, when, when he passed away, did that make you rethink things or did you just keep on going? No, um, it didn't make, I was already starting to, uh, starting to curb down, you know, I mm-hmm. I'd stopped j- drinking and I was, I just stopped doing Coke and started doing speed mm-hmm. and shit like that. And, um, you know, he kept doing the Coke and, and into heroin and shit. And I had a, I had a, a brief run with heroin, but it was like mostly painkillers and shit like that, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, it's heroin is that's, you can't be lazy with that drug, man. You gotta <laughs> be out there every single fucking day. And, and, um, but he was, you know, still, you know, real. he really loved to get high. It was his favorite really? thing to do more than playing guitar, more than anything. Really? He loved to get high party and fuck chicks and stuff. He, he liked playing guitar because that was, uh, that was, the his tool. 
yeah. to get to be able to do this. Yeah, right. And and um, now for a while, I I started feeling that way too. Or you know, it's like it's time to go on, guys. Showtime in ten minutes. I'm like fuck. Yeah. You know, I'm fucking. I just want to party. Right. And um, you know, your priorities get all out of whack and stuff. But it's like that stuff. Once you get rolling on that shit, that's when you it's you can't quit. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know if it's. And when you're out on the road as long as we were, and it's like, it's just a big party for us everywhere we went, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's like, you know, there's drugs, everybody's got everything and this and that. And so we didn't stand a chance, you know, nobody, he was in and out of rehabs a lot for, like, I hadn't seen him in like 10 years after I fired him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he was out in LA and, uh, from what I understand, he was in and out of a lot of rehabs, playing in different things, this and that, and still doing his exact same thing you know using his his guitar playing to uh to get coke and and chicks and stuff like that and and uh when i had seen him again for the first time um he was actually sober he was clean and sober that time and uh and because uh, i was working on getting clean mm-hmm. you know and um i got married and shit and and so he was sober and and he looked great and he was a whole different guy he wasn't a jag off you know, he wasn't, uh, he was kind of, you know, just, he had, had his composure about him and, and, um, and started actually focusing on what he did. Yeah. He was so, he was such a good guitar player, but he didn't work at it. He didn't work at it at all. He just took that for granted. And so once he started actually working on that and concentrating on, on playing and, and bettering his skills and stuff and writing and stuff like that, that's when he, uh, he started getting really, really great. And, um, and that's when I hooked up with him and, and he and, uh, Vicky Fox and myself, we ended up getting together and playing like, a this, this little bar, we just played like a get together, you know, one night only we, the three of us got together and, and went into this club and played like a whole set, like, uh-huh. like our old set from the very first record and shit. Cause Vicky, he hadn't been in the band for even longer than Derek. Right. You know, Vic, it was out even way faster. And, um, yeah, we played that one set and it was great. Derek didn't miss a beat. He was fucking amazing. Vic was, you know, did his thing. He's always great. And, um, that all, that's all it took was that one night of playing out in that club that night with, with some attention and, and the talk was out there and there was a buzz and all of a sudden, uh, I seen him a couple of days later. And uh, he was going to come over and we were going to work on a song. And, and he came over and, and I could see it already. He had started up again. Oh, shit. Yeah. So I was, uh, and my wife was like, no way. He's not coming over here, you know. And you could tell he's all bug eyed and this and that. And and um, she found a syringe in the bathroom the, mm. the, the next morning after he left. And so that day, he kept trying to call me. And that's the days of answering machines and stuff. He kept trying to call me all day. Dude, pick up, man. Dude, pick up. It's it's Derek, dude. Blah blah blah. You know, making up this story, that story. But I wouldn't answer it. Yeah. Because I knew I knew what was going down. I didn't want to get. Yeah, first gotta, of all, I, I'd have been divorced immediately, and I also didn't want to. You know, I could just see looking at him that that ugly feeling again. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't answer. And that afternoon, this dude called me and and said, "Is it true that Derek's dead?" I'm like, "No, I just seen him last night." He, He's been trying to call me all day. Oh shit, dude! I dude, I heard he's dead, and yeah, it turned out he's he was dead. That's that's another one of those weird experiences, like with my uncle with the guitar and stuff. 
you know, just having not seen that guitar, having not seen my uncle, none of that shit for all those years. And then right then, you know, just right when I see Derek again, we played for the, the first time in a million years. Yeah. Then that happens immediately. You know what I mean? That's crazy. Mm. Yeah, it is. But I'm glad that I'm glad that I did get to uh, see him again. Yeah. And uh, to see buried the hatchet, you know, he, he uh, picked me up in his car. He was actually driving a car. Now that's, that was very unusual for Derek <laughs> to do anything like normal people would do. Yeah. You know, like drive a car, have a license, go pump your own gas, stuff like that. And right. he picked me up in his car. I was like, Holy shit, dude, you're, <laughs> you're like a, you're like a person. And, uh, and, um, and he pulled over to the side of the road and he goes, listen, dude, I got to talk, talk to you. He goes, I just want, I, I fucking took it, totally took it for granted. He goes, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't respect how, how hard and how, how well you do your job and how, how hard a work that was to write all those songs and sing all that stuff. He goes, I just jacked off and just played guitar and basically, which was what he did. But mm. when he said that, he said that shit to me yeah. and he apologized for that. And that's, that was it. I said, dude, we're, we're good. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. Were <laughs> I you, respect that. Were you the main writer in the band? Did you? Yeah. Yeah. You brought yeah. the songs to the band. Yeah, I would say, uh, I mean, Chip says that he's, that we wrote the songs all together and stuff. And a lot of them will say his name, but that's not really true. Mm. You know, I, I would say I wrote 90% of everything. Yeah, I got to say, I mean, everything I've heard, that, even up to your new stuff on uh, Beautiful Things, I mean, your writing is just, it's awesome. I mean, the melodies and everything. I think I'm still getting better. I think I think that album is probably one of the better ones I've heard of your material. Yeah, that's what I think. I think it's the best. That's the first time I ever got a chance to do paint my vision how I how what I wanted to do exactly. You know, yeah. I did other a couple other solo records, but I still had there was different reasons for this or that and stuff, and still dragging some of the old sound and stuff. And this was the first time that I ever really got to do do it exactly what i wanted and have somebody to work with me producer mike tholan to help me capture that vision and um and and it, it turned out to be a you know a beautiful thing right it was right. fucking great and um and you know i mean i've i've probably put out solo and uh with band and stuff like that you know maybe 25 records yeah you put uh, a shitload yeah so at this point Still at 56 years old, you know, 25 records and to be still putting out your, your best stuff. You know, I mean, there's not a lot of guys you can say that about. <laughs> yeah, not at all. You know? And your voice and got, still sounds great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, thank God, you know, <laughs> so, so he's there for me when I go to use it and it's not like I take care of it or anything, you know, and just got lucky. And, does uh, it still come natural, or you, or do you find yourself really having to work at it when you're in the studio? No, it, I just once I open up a little bit, you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'll get stuff on the the first pass through. But you always sound better once you open up, and your you know you, your voice, your throat opens up, and your vocal cords start getting lubricated and stuff. And I'll sing through a couple things, and then come back, take a five minute break, and come back and and. I, I can sing better now than I ever have. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, like I said, everything sounds awesome from what I'm hearing. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank man. you very much. Yeah, man. Um, when you left Enough's Enough, what did you leave for? What was the reason? 
uh, there basically it's easier to say that there wasn't any reason to stay. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, there was just nothing, and I we had complete different visions. I wanted to keep making new records. I wanted to actually rehearse. I wanted to make the band, you know, be be all of that it could be, which we still hadn't gotten. Still had never done that. You know, it's just the band was always we were always so good that it didn't take any work to yeah. do what we did. You know what I mean? And and God forbid we should actually put our noses to the grindstone and uh, do any something besides grind off our nose. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 uh, so plus you know the the drugs and all that shit hit me hard again, and I was you know having a real real bad time with that. Chip and I weren't. You know, it's like. It was desperate times and desperate times call for desperate actions. And people are, you know, when you're acting in desperate, you know, desperation and stuff, you're, those aren't, you know, you're not being your best self or making decisions that are, that are based on uh, anything except just trying to survive, you know, and, and Chip, Chip and me stopped getting along, you know, a long time before that because of the drugs, the drugs and everything. We just were completely two different worlds, you know, and I just, all I cared about was being an artist. I didn't yeah. care. He, now he, all he likes to do, he wants to be out on the road and playing every single night. If he could every night, that's all he wants to do. He doesn't care what the show is. He doesn't care if anybody's there and care if they like him. He just wants to be out doing that. And I, and I fucking, you know, it's not that I hate it, but that lifestyle is, you know, it's, it's hard on me. And, and especially, uh, which how much work that that takes in my job, you know, to do sure. and, um, and the money is shitty money, you know, you're making anything. You're just out there basically killing yourself. And, you know, and I, I was in pretty bad shape at that point and, and we couldn't relate and we couldn't, uh, we just couldn't even, you know, even talk or anything anymore. And, um, and then, you know, we were fighting, constantly fighting in the band yeah, because okay. those guys didn't want to make, you know, weren't, weren't going to make a new record. And I wanted to make records. Right. I made my, I made that, well, uh, wrapped on my middle finger record, right. you know, on my own. That should have, that was after dissonance, that would have been the next record one. So mm-hmm. uh, nobody would come in and make a record. So I started making them myself. And then as far as playing out and do, still playing in ups and up shows, I wanted to do some of my new songs. Yeah. You know, because fans want to hear those, you know, who wants to hear Baby Loves You, a new thing again for the zillionth time, you know, yeah. the fans seen the same exact show for 25 years. And uh, and so that started to cause a wedge too. you know, like jealousy and egos and shit like that. And and then it just it just reached a point where there was there was no way I could even stay. He, he couldn't stand me. I couldn't stand him. And that was the end of it. Right. So when you released an album, it was Goodbye Enough's Enough? Is that what it was called? I think so. You know, (laughs) those days, I've released so much different shit Uh that I don't even remember everything that I put out. I don't know uh, everything that I've released. And and I keep hearing about that one, and I can envision the... (laughs) You might want to go back and check it out. Yeah, I can envision the cover, the the gravestone, stuff like that. But I I don't remember what's on that. (laughs) <laughs> that's funny i don't know what's on that record what is it just uh what is well, it from what know? i understand it's a live album and a uh dvd huh 
<laughs> you have to check yeah. it out. <laughs> you had a pretty bad attitude. I was, I wasn't uh, at that point when I left enough enough. I didn't plan to even. Not only did I not want to be alive anymore, mm-hmm. I I didn't want to do this anymore. I was like, there's, it's just so pointless. I'm so discouraged. Nothing. It wouldn't matter how great of something I made or how well I did my job. There's nothing would happen. You couldn't get you know, get a break. And, and so I just got very disillusioned with everything. And, and, um, there's a record I made called the white album. It started with one song that was going to be my farewell to the, to the music business mm-hmm. a song called, uh, what was it called? Unforsaken. And that turned into a fucking double record. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so why, when you went on a solo career, I mean, is that what kind of what you always wanted to do at some point? I say I've basically felt in some ways that I was in a solo career. Most of my career, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's because as far as what I did and uh, you know, these were my songs or, you know, I was singing them. I was writing them. I was playing almost everything on them, you know, and uh, you know, and I'm, and I'm just getting cock blocked creativity you know, creatively cock blocked. And I'm not, I couldn't, you know, do things exactly how I wanted to, because you're dealing with other people's egos and their issues. And, and, uh, you know, Chip started kind of pulling fast ones and sneaking some of his songs on records and things that, that I hadn't even heard or anything. It's like, that's ridiculous shit, you know, right, but, uh, right. I just was real, real disillusioned, but yeah, I, you know, I've been, uh, since I wrote my first song at like 15, I just, I've been kicking them out nonstop, just constantly new and better songs, you know? Yeah. So solo career, I've, I really felt once Derek was gone, it was kind of like them against me then for the rest of the time that I'd be in the band, no matter who was in the band, it would be them against me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd feel that way. So it's kind of like, it was a, like a big solo band with, with other guys that were constantly there. <laughs> sure. sure I see. With beautiful things, were you going to have big plans for like this year, but, and then shit hit the fan or, cause that came out in what early to mid 19, 2019. Yeah. Well, I was just, uh, just putting my band together and we were just rehearsing and, and shows were starting to be booked and everything. And, um, you know, my first show that I played, my first rock and roll show in six years, I played there, you know, you couldn't even get in. There was, you know, lines around the block and stuff. So I was like, I think I could maybe make some money doing this again, you know, get out there and play. So we were rehearsing. And at that point, you know, I got all those records worth of material trying to figure out how to put a set together out of all that shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I wanted to really focus and feature the new record and the new stuff because because i'm sick to death of all that old shit you know what i mean and sure but the, but i know that the fans want to hear that stuff they want to hear some of those you know but um you know so so putting together a show i was figuring uh, we we're putting together about a three three and a half hour show so that was what i was going to do no opening act nothing like that and um, still a whole evening thing and then then that happened and all the shows that i had booked already and we just signed up with a booking agency and everything, and it all got canceled. Mm. So, what are the plans? Are you going to try and get out there next year if things open up a little bit? Or 
Yeah, well, as soon as uh, I'll I'll do whatever I have to do. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. As as far as I'm concerned, just writing and making records, and that's that's my passion. That's all I've ever wanted to do. It's performing them. Then you got all the athletics of everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, getting getting in shape and and all of the 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 rigor and the stress and the you know just what it takes out of you and all that work you got to put into rehearsing and all that shit. All of that stuff, and plus the the it's a toxic world out there, you know. Um, and so it's not something that I really, but I do like to see the fans. That's the one thing is I love my fans, mm-hmm. and they love me, and I love to see them. So that's the reason that that I want want to play some shows is is to see my fans. Yeah, you know what I mean, and to hang and sing together. You know, spend a night hanging out with them, and and um, you know, of course, and and try to make some money because you. You know, people don't buy records anymore. That's the only way you can make money is, is playing live. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody's down now. And so that's why so many bands are going under and all the, all the rock clubs and shit are closing. And yeah, it's uh, so we'll see what happens. But when when things are happening again, people are out there doing that. Yeah, I imagine I'll be out there, too. <laughs> you ever think about doing any of these uh, online live shows? Yeah, then. um I've been talking about doing one for a while now and I just haven't gotten my shit together to do one because I don't want to just do a, take an acoustic guitar and sit there like everybody else is doing. I'm, I want to record backing tracks, have all this stuff and then play or sing to, uh, to, uh, to tracks, you know, have mm-hmm. drums and bass and all that stuff. So there's a lot of work putting together a show like that. Yeah. But once I did, I would have that to work with and I could play more of them. And, um, but I'm just, uh, I don't know. I'm just so fucking lazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what all that is, man. It's lazy. And, uh, and I'm happy now and I'm comfortable in my life and the situation that I'm in and everything. It's, I'm not like scratching and clawing and, and desperate. And, uh, like I've been my whole life, you know, wishing that I was dead and stuff. Yeah. I mean, my whole life up until, few years ago and and now i've you know i love my life so i think i think that's what's happening is uh i'm uh not gravitating back to the i got a great studio better than everyone i've ever had you know um great gear and things like that and i know how to do all this stuff but Mm -hmm. it's sitting down there and i've got i got about seven eight really great new tunes that need to be tracked. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I keep saying, I got to track these tunes and then I'll write another one. I'm like, Oh man, they keep piling up on me. And, um, well, there's nothing keep, wrong with that. Yeah. Well, when I go, when I start doing that stuff, I don't come up for air for a long time. <laughs> I get, I get into a zone and, uh, and then that's all I'll be doing for, you know, a couple of months at a time or something, just nonstop and be up for days sitting there doing that. And, and uh, I work my balls off when, when I'm doing that. But it's like, I think I'm kind of apprehensive about that because I know that that's, that's what will be involved. That's what it'll entail. And and uh, that's a lot of fucking work. And so you get apprehensive about taking that first step into that, you know, that situation again. That's so you know? fun, though, recording, though, isn't it? Once you start, once I start rolling, yeah, it's like I love it. I love recording. See, I'm doing everything myself, so there's a lot of tedious things like uh, programming the drums and, um, you know, and uh, 
working out parts and stuff like that. I love recording. Once I get started and once I got the drum tracks finished, mm-hmm. you know, because that's what I start with. I don't need a guide, a guide track or anything because I hear it all in my head already. So I'm just sitting there with drums, right, writing the drum tracks and uh, playing like not playing them uh, like a, a kit, but playing this stuff with my fingers, you know, on the keyboards and samples and stuff. And, um, you know, cause I'm playing, I don't just use loops or a beat or something like that. I play the drums to that song, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And the right thing. And so once, once that's done, then, uh, then the fun shit starts, you know? And, and then once you get to the point of doing the background harmonies, that's my favorite part. The harmonies? Doing, yeah. Background harmonies. I uh, love doing that. Yeah. Do you, what do building, you, building those harmonies out of nowhere, you know? What do you use to record? What do you record with? Logic. Okay. I used to, I basically was just doing garage band for everything because it's so simple, uh-huh. you know, and I, and I don't have any engineering skills whatsoever, you know, and I couldn't mix peanut butter and jelly, but, <laughs> but garage band logic is somebody turned me out of that. That's basically garage band on steroids. So if you know how to run garage band, you know how to run logic, but mm-hmm. logic also has all the shit that you need to be able to make a record and stuff as where garage band doesn't. And so you know, I'm, I'm, you know, learning at that stuff too. And it's, it's a lot more intricate though. There's a lot more entailed. And so, you know, this, it's just a whole lot more work with the recording these days, the way that I do it, than it, than it used to be with like a four track or an eight track machine and just a couple of guys banging out songs, you know, you prefer it that way, the old way. No, well, in the old days you used to try to record what you played you know yeah. and now you're trying to play what you recorded you know which is you know what i mean yeah, yeah it's totally different and no i mean i mean each each one there's there's like a like a, a energy and stuff like that when you're recording together as a band or something like that and uh it's definitely quicker and um you know you don't have to program this and program that somebody's already playing that and shit and uh you know, but I have to play everything from the drums all the way up and build these songs. And they, you know, they take time and, and, um, i I'll nitpick at the tiniest details, you know, of getting, I want the shit to be exactly perfect, you know, and I'll just keep going and listen to it and go and hit it some more. And, and, um, no, I mean, I love being able to do it the way it is now, you know, with all unlimited tracks, unlimited, you know, you don't, everything you need, you have. Yeah, you know, to to do it and um, and then just send it off to be mixed. You know, it's really great. It's it's like probably the greatest feeling in the world when to finish another great song and, and to be able to sit there and, and rock it out in your AirPods. You know what I mean? Yeah. You you send well, your stuff out to be mixed, or do you do it yourself? Well, <clears throat> like I said, I can't mix shit. I don't understand any of that stuff. You know, what I mean, yeah. uh, all of my mixing. Uh, skills are completely unconventional and 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 people think i'm nuts the way i'm doing things but all i care about is if you can listen to it when you're done you know i mean that's all i care about but my hearing is gone it's shot and everything so everything i got everything tweaked total high end (laughs) stuff and and everything is i lose my mix my mix floor in probably the first hour after you get the drums out and then my mix floor is shocked i'm trying to (laughs) put things louder than the drums, you know, and right. my drums are already, already hitting in a red. <laughs> so I lose my mix floor. And so I end up, what I do is I, I'll clone tracks 
you know, if I can't hear something loud enough, or I can't get it up loud enough in the, you know, get like put, turn the compressor gain up, you know, to get the, all, every drop of volume you can out of anything. And then what I'll do is I'll just uh, copy and paste that track on another track and another track, keep, <laughs> keep copying and pasting until all of a sudden it's loud enough. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you got a big pile of shit, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's all the exact same track. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just enough of them that now you can hear it, you know, oh, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> 15 vocal tracks of the same vocal and then background harmonies, the same thing. Yeah. So uh, I tried to send one of those off to have mixed and, and they look at me like I'm nuts. There's a, a hundred and something tracks. They send it back. And mo- <laughs> most of them are the exact same thing as the, <laughs> as the 10 tracks before it, you know? That's funny. All right, Donnie. Well, listen, it was great to talk to you. Um, glad we got to catch up. It's been uh, 30 years. <laughs> Man, it has been a long time. Um, like I said, my anxiety is really bad. I'm kind of scatterbrained today. And, uh, um, this interview, I, I don't think you have so much editing to do if you're actually playing this instead of typing it up. And so if you want to, um, like you have to see what you got there in a couple of days. If you want to hit this again, you can try that again when I'm a little relaxed. I thought it was great, man. I mean, and I don't edit shit to be honest with you. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm all, I'm all over the place, you know. It's uh, no, it was okay, well, it was great, but but I will take you up on <clears throat> having you on again, dude. You you got my number. You can uh, call anytime you want. Yeah, man, I, I will. I will. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to edit this at all. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it? Was it coming on your podcast or something? Well, it'll come out, it'll come out, well, I don't know about tomorrow, it's Thanksgiving tomorrow, but Friday, probably. Where does it come out at? Where, what, do you, what, do you, what do you got rolling there? It's going to be out everywhere that you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, whatever. You got big, big following and shit? Yeah, you know, we're, this is only the 36th episode, but it, everything's going really well right now. I mean, you can check us out online, too, at rnrcoffeeshow.com. Oh, that's great. I will. I'll check that out. And yeah, like can. I said, if you ever need need somebody to fill in five minutes or 10 minutes or something just for some shit talk or this and that, you give me a buzz. Just shoot me a text and let me know you're going to be calling. And, yeah, man. And uh, you call me anytime you want, brother. Well, I appreciate that, Donnie. It was great to talk to you. I really enjoyed the conversation. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, like I said, the anxiety and stuff, it's, man, I'm spinning. Nah, <laughs> it was great. It was great. Great, great podcast, I'd say. Well, thank you. Very, I felt very comfortable. Good. I like your your questions are cool. Good. You know, I I don't prepare for these. Um, I just go with it, kind of like if we met at a bus stop or something. You know what I mean? Right. Well, yeah. When <laughs> so you got makes people, it a little, always, makes it a little dangerous. Makes it a little fun. People, see, people love me as a guest because number one, you can you can ask only five questions and you'll still get a two hour interview. Right. And right. I mean, and and also that. I'm completely uncensored, uninhibited. You know, there's nothing that I won't talk about. There's n- nothing that, that, uh, you know, I don't lie. I'm not ashamed of even the shameful things I've done. I'm not ashamed. Sure. And, uh, and it's just tell that, you know, if you're doing an interview, people want to hear actually what the real, what the actual real deal is, you know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, and, um, you know, what can, 
when you got nothing to lose, nobody can do shit to me. I can say anything I want. Yeah. And, um, and the fans appreciate that about me is what you see is what you get, you know? And, and, um, you know, like chip, you know, he, I love chip and everything. And, uh, but you know, him doing an interview, you might as well have just taken and copied and pasted the last interview. I mean, <laughs> it's the same exact the same fucking answers. stereotype answers. You know what I mean? Do you still talk you to Chip or no? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we weren't for quite a while there. It was pretty much hatred. And, um, you know, he's pulled some really shady, shady fucking unethical shit on me, uh-huh. especially in the last few years and stuff that I won't get into. But we just got a um, record deal that bought, licensed the whole Enough's Enough catalog. So I liked that because it got all those, rounded all those records up from all this fucked up places that they were and and nobody's paying us and and so now they're all under one roof and they're all being re-released and and respected and appreciated and presented the way that none of them most of them never got had a chance to and so that that uh deal with cleopatra kind of brought chip and i back together again of at least talking and stuff and then before you know it i got a song on his last record and and he's playing on my new single that's it's coming out probably in a month or two and he's even nice. in a video <laughs> nice mm-hmm. do you, what do you think of enough's enough i think enough's enough if i my attitude t- with that is if if there's ever an actual real good reason to do something of that nature again then you know, then I would. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, as long as it's, you know, there's, there's no, you know, he's out there playing as enough's enough and, uh, he's singing stuff. Yeah, he's playing, that. playing to playing to 50 people, you know, for under a thousand dollars a night and stuff. There's no reason to be doing that nah. as far as I'm concerned, you know, it's like, or he gets on these big cock rock conglomeration shows, yeah. you know, where there'll be like a bunch of blasts from the eighties thing or something like that. And he's, opening for you know these cock rock bands and stuff and uh and he looks at that as he thinks that oh we're playing packed places and said they're not there to see you chip they're there to see the headline <laughs> band and and you, they're seeing you because you happen to be on the bill you know and um and plus the fans and anybody who comes out to see that show it's like diet enough's enough you know what i mean yeah it's like yeah. there's no sugar it's in the same package but there's you know what i mean everything's everything about it is missing which is me really one, one member, right? Left. Yeah. Yeah. The guy that, yeah, yeah. but you, it's missing the guy that wrote and sang all the songs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who wants to see that? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. But, but like I said, if there was, you know, I had no objections to if occasionally maybe recording a couple singles or something, um, like the box sets getting ready to come out and, and uh, I think it'd be a good idea if we uh, had a new song, a new single where it's actually written by us both and the old formula mm-hmm. and uh, and um, put that with, you know, and every now and then release a new single as Enough's Enough where when you release something as Enough's Enough where it still sounds like Enough's Enough. It's not a bunch of shitty songs sung by a guy, a shitty singer. Yeah. I mean, where it's, it sounds, you know, holds up to the integrity of everything that we've done. And um you know, so, so for the fans at least, and then if play a few big shows, you know, here and there, you know, go do a couple of nights in London, you know, maybe a couple in J- Japan, 
you know, like a big Chicago show, a big New York show, you know, just a few shows, but make events, you know, something big, well publicized where the people will be at, you know, and uh, I would do things like that. Well, maybe you guys will have to talk about it some more. Well, it's until uh, things change, which I don't see. I don't see uh, it, 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 things being able to actually come back to how they used to be uh, to the, you know, fully to the full extent. I don't see that happening anytime soon. And people yeah. think, oh, I can't wait till this year is over. We get into 2021 and everything's going to start. I think it's, we ain't seen nothing yet. I think it's just going to get, you know, 2021 might even be worse than 20. Yeah, it might be. You know? Yeah. I guess we'll see, right? Well, I'm I'm very curious to see what what this fucked up music business where how it what twists they put on it now to to see how people are still able to do this for mm -hmm. a living, you know. And I know a lot of shit will be done online and virtual stuff, but like what I do, excuse me, what I do and what I want to do and what I love to do, I'm still doing yeah. writing and recording new songs, you know. Right. Okay. I'm good without touring. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm with you. Like I said earlier, I prefer definitely prefer studio over touring. And yeah. Playing. So you still making records? You know what? I make. I do kind of like you. I make music at home. I do it myself with my co-host. He couldn't be with us because he's working tonight, Nick. Um, but we we share files back and forth, and uh, you know, write some songs and put them out there, and just have fun with it, basically. Well, you know, they hit me up if you need some background harmonies or something or okay. or whatever, you know, if you need something, I'm there for you, man. Yeah, all right. I don't, Definitely. I don't charge I don't charge too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll shoot you over a couple and you can uh you can check them out. All right, man. That sounds great. But, Thank you. All right, Donnie, but yeah, let's uh let's definitely do this again and uh you know, you take care out there. Have a great Thanksgiving and uh we'll, we'll You be too, in man. Tell Nick he's from now on. He's Nick the Dick to me because he wasn't there. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. He didn't deny it. Nick the Dick. <laughs> I, you know, and he told me earlier. He's like, I said, you still working? You gonna make it? He's like, Yeah, I'm gonna make it. And then he texted me right before we came on. He's like, Man, I'm still working. So. Well, you could have rescheduled it. He could have just left work. I don't understand. Or you could have just said, Donnie, can you do it at this time or that time or this day? I would have done that. Yeah. No well, problem. No, I, I, think, I think it worked out good. And he'll be on the next one. I'll make sure of that. All righty. <laughs> All right. Well, send me some stuff. I hear it. And uh, like I said, you know, you need a harmony or something on this. I'd, I'll, I'll have no problem doing that. Awesome. Appreciate that. All right, buddy. All right, man. You have a great night. And happy Thanksgiving. And um, stay safe. Thanks. You too. All right. All right. Bye. bye. That's all for this week. Join us next week for another episode of the Rock and Roll and Coffee Show podcast. Available on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.